Curling down the lane. McSorley in the end zone. Bunker touchdown. Tennessee at the buzzer. He got it. A three-pointer to win. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. Blocked. Lions scoop it up. Brad Haley will score. Watford for the win. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the former Ball Boys. I'm joined today by Cam and Zach Lightgib. How are you doing? Uh, Zach and Cam Lightgib. Uh, try that again. Let's let's run that back. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Cam, how are you? <laughs> what the heck? I'm doing well. Let's uh, let's jump into some sports. Yep. Today we're gonna do our parlays first. Our pack of punch parlays. Do some quick hitting news. Good talk about hockey some college hoops, and then got some questions for the boys to finish us off. So who's feeling it. confident on their parlay? Oh I, oh, I am. I'm absolutely feeling confident on this 17 parlay. So Go last on. week, we did we hit every parlay, so you're welcome yeah, for that. Of haven't haven't yeah. missed yet. Congratulations on all the money you guys won. So here we go for another list of parlays. Cameron Lightgib, get it started, boy. Yes, sir. Going to make, make the boys some money. Got to get going with it. It's a seven-teamer. I got Duquesne at home beating no, – I got Dayton beating Duquesne. I got Texas. I know they've been struggling. I have them going on the road to beat K-State. I don't think K-State's very good. That's a tricky one, though. On yeah, the right. road. Interesting. I know, but uh, if you saw the picture Cole sent, they, they don't even have a home game anymore. The fans giving up on them, so maybe the road might be the best for them. I got Wright State coming to Cleveland beating Cleveland State. I got Syracuse at home beating G-Tech. I have Akron at home against Miami of Ohio. I have Gonzaga in a tricky game at BYU. BYU's ranked now. Should be a tough game, but I think Gonzaga's going to come out with the win. And my last one is Rhode Island beating Davidson. I think they're a really good team, and I think this parlay is for sure going to hit, and you're going to win some money. So off that, I do want to take, take a little question there. Is Shaka Smart done at Texas? I think he has right. to be. It's like giving up. Did you see that him. video? Yeah, like I know. Maybe a thousand people at the tip off. Yeah, I think he, I think he has to go. Texas is they've never been amazing since Kevin Durant in basketball, I guess. But uh, they're they're better than that. They they're a Big Twelve team and a good conference. So I don't know. He has to go. Did anybody see this happening? I thought Shaka was a huge name in college basketball. It's going to be great anywhere he went. And he's really struggled. He's struggled to find local kids in Texas to compete. And his style is hard to play in a major program because everybody wants to play offense nowadays. And he is very defensive-based. And uh, when you're a high school student, you don't have many players that say, hey, I want to go to college and play a ton of defense, full court, get after you. No, you want to go somewhere where you can get your offensive stats padded. Did he uh, get any offers for the NBA? Because similar to like Brad Stevens from Butler, he uh, he went straight from like a mid major to um, the NBA. Did you guys know Shaka Smart had that opportunity, or was it just like Texas was his number I, one? I wouldn't think so, just based off of how he coaches. Right, no one in right. the NBA is gonna pick you up full court. It's fair. I wasn't sure. I just figured since he was a highly touted coach at yeah. the time, but uh, I, yeah. He had multiple colleges going after him. I do know that. 
I agree with sure. you, Zach. I right. think that his style is more fitted for mid-majors, and you're not going to get high level. And they can't even get – they're not even the best team in their state or maybe even the second-best team in their state. Well, um, yeah, he, he definitely belongs at a, at a mid-major. He should – he should go to a smaller school, and uh, VCU was the perfect fit for his style. The type of players he got, I think that was the perfect fit for him. And I think Archie, perfect fit was Dayton. I think Tom Crean, Marquette, like I don't blame any of them for passing it up, getting more money, trying to advance their careers. But eventually, I like people like Greg Marshall. He's got plenty of offers to leave Wichita State, and he stayed. So I think that's really big. Like if you're comfortable somewhere, you're making enough to make a killer living. He's making millions of dollars. Be comfortable, accept that role. I know you want to work your way up. But if you really have your team in a groove, like VCU would be a really good program. Top 25 every year, Rashaka Smart. So I, sometimes I think guys need to just stay content with where they're at and not get too greedy. But I understand. I, you always want to advance your career. So it's understandable. All right, Zach, what's your parlay? All right, all right, all right. I got Louisville over North Carolina. North Carolina is a joke now. Um, what a downfall they've had. Cole Anthony has been solid, but he can't do it all. That team lacks talent from top to bottom. And uh, I'm interested to see uh, if Coach Williams is going to be there much longer. I know he's been a great coach, but they're not playing well together. He's getting solid recruits, but they haven't they haven't done much in a couple of years. So that'll be interesting to see. Then I got Western Kentucky against Charlotte. Western Kentucky at home. I got Duke over Virginia Tech, also Duke at home, coming off this past loss where Coach K was furious at them because they got dominated by NC State last night. Uh, this is my lock of the six games, Cal Baptist over Chicago State. If you know anything about Chicago State, they're one of the worst teams in the entire country. They're always about 20-point dogs, no matter who they play. So I think that's going to be a really, really high, like minus 1,600. So you that one's just throw in there to get that one correct, add another game to it. Uh, Radford over South Carolina Upstate. Radford's a solid squad. Upstate also plays tonight, so they'll be a more tired team. And Liberty over Stetson. Stetson's having a good season, so that one that I'm most nervous for. Uh, I think Liberty is talented. They lost a lot of guys from last year, but uh, I think Liberty will get it done. They're at home, so I like was, that. Uh, was Liberty against Stetson that one uh, game that you had a couple weeks back when I was in Atlanta? Was that the same game? Was it Liberty against Stetson? I know Stetson was a uh, – one of your bets. I don't it might have been. I've, was I've, that won, one. I've won three bets with Stetson this year, so I don't know who they played in all three. But gotcha. I, do, I do bet on Stetson a lot. Uh, this time I'm going against them, so it could be the other way around. I like the home teams. If you know, if you follow our show, I'm 99% betting on a home team. So uh, especially for money lines too, I feel the home team where you get there's less value. You get the the odds are going to be lower. But since I've never missed a parlay, so it's probably why. Just. Hop on everyone's back and win some money. Let's hear another one from Cole. Yeah. Zach's going to hate my parlay, and you're going to oh, figure gosh. out why. Virginia Red. at Pitt, West Virginia at TCU, Villanova Red. at Xavier, Red. Florida State's at NC State, Gonzaga Red. at BYU, and then Kentucky Red. at home to Florida. Yeah, good pick. Wow, you have that many road teams? Yep. I, I like Gonzaga, but that's, that's wild. Um, I, think I don't blame NC you on State, a lot of them, though. Virginia, I think they're just they're not the best offensively. I think they're kind of getting in a stride, and they need to keep winning if they want to um, be like solidly in the tournament. I think West Virginia is just a better team than TCU. We watched TCU get absolutely dismantled by Kansas. Uh, West Virginia's kind of been on a skid. They're going to turn it around. I think Villanova is just a better team than Xavier is. 
Florida State going to NC State coming off that massive win. They're primed for a letdown this weekend. Gonzaga is dominant. Um, as you broke down already versus BYU, I think they're going to end up pulling the game out. And then Kentucky might be without Nick Richards, which would be huge because um, Kerry Blackshear should have um, a pretty good size advantage in the post if he doesn't play. But uh, right now I'm riding with Kentucky on Florida. Yeah, Florida's very inconsistent, too. We've seen them dominate games and also lose some games that they should have easily won. So, I like it. Just just jump on the backs, ride the wagon, and win some money, everyone. I like Kentucky's free throw shooting, too. You saw that. We'll get into this, but uh, I watched it. Actually, we won't because I watched Seton Hall do it, and I watched Wisconsin do it the other night. Free throw shooting is huge this year. Um, with everyone being so close, if you can hit your free throws, then you're going to win a lot of games. I was happy about that Wisconsin free throw shooting, Cole. Thanks for throwing it in there. They won me some money. Oh, yeah. I think they hit, what, like eight or ten in the final two minutes? Just two oh, yeah, straight. straight. Yep. And then uh, Xavier the other night against St. Joe's won me and Cole yeah. some money, two final free throws with a second left to cover mm-hmm. by half a point. So that was nice. Free throws are huge. All right, moving into some quick-hitting news. Greg Olson signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Good signing by the Seahawks, or Greg Olson just trying to stay in the league another year? Good signing. Like uh, He has offers, and he's already better on TV than Jason Witten, who went back to play football because he was so embarrassed of how bad he was on TV. Golson's going to be solid. Everybody wants him. Uh, I think it's a good move for him. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think the Seahawks make a Super Bowl run. So I think that's smart, too. If he's ring chasing, he picked a good squad to go to. Um, Will Disley, great when he was healthy last year, coming off the injury. So Olsen's going to slide right in. I think having a security blanket like that is going to be big for Russell Wilson because he's never really had that true veteran security blanket, I don't think. A lot of his got, got Tyler Lockett's young. DK Metcalf is young. Um, Doug Baldwin, I guess, was more of a veteran. But um, I think he's a good fit. In Seattle, I think he'll he'll work well with Russell Wilson. He's he's not going to be a guy I want on fan, my fantasy team, but he is a guy that I want on my NFL team to try to get uh, win a couple games and have good veteran leadership. So it's a very good signing for both parties. I like it. Yeah, that was a that was a great breakdown. I don't have a lot to add to it. He, I think he's a great tight end. He has been in the league for a lot of years, and he has produced when he stays healthy. I think that's the main thing for Greg Olson, though, is staying healthy. Maybe not playing a full 16 games in this stage of his career, but playing at least 12 to 13 and then getting healthy for the playoffs because the Seahawks are going to be right there. And Russell Wilson throwing him the ball, I'm sure he's going to like a little more than Cam Newton. Even though Cam Newton was an MVP quarterback, I just think Russell Wilson's better overall. <clears throat> and I think that it's a great signing, and it's just going to help the Seahawks move forward. So mm-hmm. great signing for both of them. And... I'd like to see Greg Olson win a ring, so I wouldn't yeah. be too upset. I like that's not a guy I could give a crap about winning a ring or not. Like not one of the guys. Like I really want him to win a ring. Not like I, I'd like him to win. It's not one, like one guy that I'm rooting for specifically, but I would like to see him win one. So would you rather have Olson win a Super Bowl or your Cleveland Browns? Olson, get out of here. Olsen I don't like the Browns. Or speaking your the San Browns, Diego Chargers. Chargers. But speaking of the Browns, I think that's a. Good little segue yeah. to it, speaking of Greg the, Robinson. Yep, speaking of the Browns, their starting tackle, Greg Robinson, got arrested in El Paso, Texas, with 157 pounds of marijuana. Just for reference, uh, just back in 2015, right before they uh, took the felony away in most states, the 
felony was anything over eight ounces. Uh, 157 pounds is over 2,500 ounces. So that is just a little more than the felony limit. I, could, I saw he might get up to 20 years. How is this going to affect the Browns? Cam, I think you should take this one. They're your Browns. He played for your team. Go ahead, man. You take this one. Uh, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, just for reference, 157 pounds is what I weighed going <laughs> into college. I mean, I was grossly skinny. Uh, probably should have ate more, but... Now you reference. are a lard. How oh, yeah, that I definitely put on some weight for sure. Like it's, it's whatever, but literally he had as much weed as I weighed going into college. It's just insane. It's going to hurt the Browns. I talked to some Browns fans today at work, though. They said they weren't going to re-sign him. I didn't know if he was a free agent or not. I thought they had him locked up for a year or so, but... He's a good offensive lineman when he played, but he could go to jail for 20 years, I saw. I mean, it's just wild how much weed he had on him. Uh, So I don't know if it's going to hurt the Browns. It's just funny because the last team he was on was the Browns, and it just seems exactly like their organization. So it's just kind of funny. Cole told me today that he got high just for knowing how many pounds that he had. So that was pretty wild, Cole. I don't think that's how it works, but I appreciate you telling me that. Uh, That's nice. yeah. Uh, so it was, he got caught for obviously possession and intent to sell, um, cause no one's smoking 157 pounds by themselves. Uh, I wonder Nick, if Nick Haynes might Laramie Tunsil. Shout out Nick Haynes. Laramie Tunsil too. Laramie Tunsil in that gas mask before the draft. I, I wonder if he was caught by border patrol. I wonder if like he was coming from Mexico or going to Mexico, which would then add smuggling charges to it. Um, I, yeah, we won't, won't be to, seeing him in the league. There, yeah, he could be done, especially if he wasn't very good in general because the Browns' offensive line was anything special. Uh, he could be done now. Yeah. Moving on to college football. Uh, with the announcement of Clemson and Georgia adding a non-conference neutral site game in Charlotte at as an addition to their one in Atlanta in a few more years. Um, This is yet another non-conference neutral site game, which I believe is becoming epidemic for the sport. I hate neutral site games. Put the games on campus. The prime example this year is Notre Dame. So outside of their home games, so just their away game, they have six home games. And then they have five neutral site games, and they have one true road game. At USC. Wait, they actually only have one true road game? Yep. So they play Navy in Ireland opening weekend. They play, uh, I think they get Arkansas. Yeah, they get Arkansas at home. They get Western Michigan at home. They play Wake Forest in the Panther Stadium. They play Wisconsin in Lambeau. They get Stanford at home. They play Pitt at Heinz Field, which is... Kind that's of that's a true their road game. No, that that's their stadium. That's, that's their home stadium. Game. Okay, so but uh, but they don't get a lot of fans, so I don't know how yeah, much of a home game they're it playing. Is. Georgia Tech. It's in the city of Atlanta, but it's in Mercedes Benz, I believe. Um, is it? I think it is in Mercedes Benz. It is. It is. It is at the Benz. Yeah, but and then Louisville at home, and then they go to the Coliseum for USC, and then they, there's oh. other huge notable games um, that I would like to see on campus. Baylor, Ole Miss, don't really care too much about either of those teams, but that game's in Houston. USC, Alabama, and Arlington, that game just doesn't make any sense. Uh, West Virginia, (laughs) Florida State, and Atlanta. 
uh, Virginia, Georgia, and Atlanta, North Carolina, Auburn, and Atlanta, <laughs> uh, just to name a few. But I think it's becoming a big problem in college football. That Notre Dame schedule is mind blowing to me. That they have technically two road, true road games, and one of them being Pitt. And I just saw today they have some coaching allegations against them, recruiting violations. So that was interesting. But that schedule is absurd. How do you only have two true road games for a college team? Join a conference. I mean, I know they make a lot of money, but I would love to see them in a conference. The money is great for them, but I think seeing them in the Big Ten would be really fun. I know you can't add another team to the Big Ten, but I think it would make sense. It would be a lot of fun. But these, like you it's said, time, these, it's time uh, to get rid of Rutgers, right? In no, we can give Nebraska to back to the uh, Big 12. I mean, Rutgers, Rutgers is at least good in basketball. I don't care that, uh, I guess. No, the Rutgers stinks in basketball. Don't they get that, didn't they get Greg Shiano back, so they should get better in a couple of years? I mean, yeah. they did, but I don't know how much that's going to impact. I mean, it's going to make them better than they were, but I don't think they're going to rise <laughs> that high. But, yeah, these uh, games not being on campus kind of stink. I think the atmosphere of campus games are way more exciting and fun than NFL stadiums where teams have to travel into it. My, my opinion on it, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, my sleeper team to make a run for the cultural playoffs was Notre Dame, and that just makes it a better pick, too, because they don't play any road games. Like, they are road games, but they're not they're not home-site road games. they got two of them, and one's Pitt, and Pitt's not a great team. They're solid. Notre Dame should take care of business. And who is the other one, Colt? USC. USC. Oh, USC, that, yeah. USC, and that coaches everyone knows how I feel about Helton. So and like a point five on Georgia Tech because it's in the same city at least. Yeah, but that's that's in Texas oh, stinks. Yeah. They stink, so they're gonna roll them. So they have a pretty easy, easy schedule. And I agree. It'd be like I don't think after Notre Dame had made the college football playoffs and got smashed multiple years, I think it's time to join a conference if you want to keep making it. I don't think we can keep put if they go undefeated, we can't keep putting them in there and then them getting smashed by somebody. If they join the conference, I think they would have one, two, three losses each year, be in the same boat, probably as Michigan. So you see uh, Oklahoma keep getting smashed. I think I would still put them in over Notre Dame since they're in a conference and winning the conference championship. I think that matters, the conference championship. That conference sucks. It does. It does. But I think the conference championship definitely comes into play. They look at that supposedly in the committee. So, like, winning a conference championship is huge. I got a good idea. So you get three other teams, and then Notre Dame, Oklahoma play each other every year since they're going to have great records. And that team gets the winner of that game – Every get single smashed. year, they get, get smashed. smashed the next they come game. in and get smashed the next game because every year they're getting smashed, no matter who they play. That would be actually pretty fun. To, it to makes see. sense. They're gonna, they're both gonna have great years because they don't play anybody. So they'll probably, they should fight for the four seed and actually put real teams in the other three. Yeah, all except yeah. for pretty much two conferences and a team suck in college football right now. Uh, well, and two teams, I guess you could put Oklahoma in there. The Pac-12 is not very good as a whole. Big 12 is not very good, and the ACC is terrible. Put yep. Notre, they already play. They have to play six. Half the ACC, yeah. Yeah, they have to play six ACC games already to be able to be in there for basketball. Just put them on the other side of Clemson if you don't want Yeah, them. in the ACC championship, it's yeah. fine. Just yep. put them on the other side of Clemson. Um, I think, well, how, do you, how did you feel going to IU? Uh, you didn't get the big game football experience, really, but like when a big – Oh, well, we did. I did. No, I mean, Whoa, but like to compare it to IU, how did like go into a game when a big team came to IU, came into Assembly Hall, 
going to the game, the atmosphere, like you just can't beat it when a big, when like a top 10 team comes to town, uh, another top five team comes. Um, but like at Ohio State, the football games, no one went to the basketball game. Uh, the football games. Wow, yeah. great college football experience was. Go ahead, buddy. Co- great college football experience, but like when Oklahoma came, every time Penn State came, when Michigan came, like it's just huge experiences. And then I, for you guys, like the same for basketball. No, I, yeah. Um, building off that, yeah, we we just went to the Ohio State Penn State game this year. No, we weren't students, but the atmosphere was insane. Literally every game day show was there: Big Ten, ESPN, all of them, and. Yeah, going to Assembly Hall, one instance was I saw them play North Carolina. North Carolina, I think, was ranked nine at a time. And it was just insane. IU came out hot. They, I think they ended up hitting like 18-3. So it was the funnest game I've ever been to, I think, just because they were on fire and they ended up winning by like 20 points against North Carolina. So we're just staying, sitting in the balcony freaking out because they didn't miss. It was so much fun. Yeah, but like now take that game. And what's between North Carolina and IU? Put it in Columbus, Ohio, or something, or put it in Kentucky. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like doing a new. No, no, game. I agree completely. It's it's silly. It's only do that for the NCAA tournament. I mean, that makes the most sense. Don't have home games for that, obviously, and they yeah. don't. It's just pointless. It's just a cash grab. But it's college football is a business, and if they're making this much money on these neutral site games, they don't really care about the students and the fans experience at the home stadiums right yep all right we're gonna switch to hockey there was a trade between the la kings and the vegas golden knights vegas got alec martinez who scored the 2014 cup clincher in double overtime game five against the rangers and la got the 2020 second round and the 2021 second round la now has eight picks in the first four rounds of the upcoming draft including three in the second I think the trade helps both parties, no doubt. Smart trade by the Kings. They're going nowhere. They're a bottom feeder. They're not very good. Picking up two second-round picks will help them in their future, and they're pretty much cleaning house. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kopitar's gone. He has a big contract, but I wouldn't be surprised. They need to just blow that thing up uh, quick. I don't think anybody wants him now, but uh, it's just time to blow that up. They've been bad for a while. Um, It's smarter than to get two second-rounders, which is brilliant it's going to add to their stockpile of draft picks and they need to load up on young talent but also that can also hurt them because i feel like the red wings for years have been loading up on young talent and they've been trash every year so you gotta draft well if you're getting the picks you gotta draft well and the red wings haven't done that but uh for the golden knights i think getting another defenseman like martinez is going to help them as they make a run towards the playoffs so i like i like the trade for both parties i think it's smart on both sides yeah, I I like the trade for both teams. Vegas is having that late playoff push right now. They're in a dogfight with the Pacific. They are one point back at first of Edmonton, but they're also two point just two points in a playoff spot with the Coyotes right behind them. Alec Martinez, that was a they dominated that series and he was a big reason why in that two thousand fourteen Stanley Cup. And him getting the game winning goal was really cool. I still remember the call by Doc. So that was that was a really cool one. But yeah, they have to. They had the Kings had to trade him. He is expiring after this year. They need some draft picks. I think they're to hang on to Kopitar. I think he's still young enough that they can build around him. He's, I think he's under thirty. I think he's young enough to build onto him. And going on the Red Wings, they actually have had some good draft picks. They just aren't. Um, 
They're not playing them. They're not bringing them to the NHL. They only have AHL players. Before you keep going on, Kopitar's 33 years old, so I don't know if that's considered young in your book or what, but uh, Kopitar's 33. Okay. Well, I was wrong. I'm allowed to be wrong, but the Red Wings I'm never have, a wrong. Bunch of, have a bunch of young guys that they're leaving in the AHL. They don't want to bring them up too early, and they're just going to go after the top pick again this year. So, yeah, I like the trade. I think Vegas is going to sneak in to the playoffs, and I think this getting Alec Martinez is huge for them. Yeah, I heard that with this trade, now everyone on that uh, get, on that clinching play has now been traded from the Kings, which have had not the most graceful downfall since their Cups. They have one or two Cups at the beginning of the decade. They had two. two. Um, not the most graceful to, downfall. It went uh, Blackhawks, Kings, Blackhawks, Kings, Blackhawks, and overall, Quick has only been good those two seasons it's been insane like he just got hot those two seasons other than that his other years haven't been good but winning two cups is so nice for him oh yeah it, everyone from that last play is gone like i said i think this will help vegas um la is yeah like zach said at the bottom uh so they're gonna start drafting hopefully they can hit gold and get up into the race here in the next few years i heard this um Stat as well has nothing to do with the Kings or Vegas, but this goes to the Lightning and how big of a tear they're on right now. Um, since I believe it's the turn of the year, the Bruins are 13-4-2 and or something like that, and the Lightning have gained 11 points on them in the playoff race. Well, well yeah, the Lightning have won 11 in a row. Yeah, which that's so. insane because the Bruins are on their own little tear, like only losing... I mean, they're barely losing in the month, the year 2020, and they're still getting 11 points gained on them. Yeah, Lightning are really coming on hot, and they're a fun team to watch, absolutely. So that playoff, the race for that first seed in Atlantic is going to be huge to see who gets home ice throughout the Eastern Conference. Yep, and speaking of playoff races, your Pittsburgh Penguins moved into first in the Metro. Um, and then, Cam, you had something to say about their injury wins against replacement? Yeah, so the Penguins season has been insane. They just overtook the Capitals for first in the Metro. But the crazy thing is they've had so many injuries, um, but the people that they have lost to injuries have been insane. The wins against replacement, so the players that they've lost, factoring in to their record, they are like a full three games more than anyone else. So, like... That's saying that if they didn't have any injuries, they'd have three more wins. So that would be six more points more than anyone else because they lost Crosby for so long. They've lost Gensel. They lost Latang. They lost Malkin. So it's just a testament to how well they've been coached by Mark Sullivan and how well they've inserted new guys from Wilkes-Barre into the lineup. Yes, go Penguins. They, uh, they're so impressive what they're uh, doing this year with all the injuries. And I think... Making a trade for Jason Zucker is a really smart decision. We talked about that already on the podcast, but uh, after this week, he's been pretty dang good on Sydney's wing. And uh, Sidney Crosby is just, and he's on a level I'm, him and McDavid probably are in that same level. But he's so fun to watch. Enjoy it while we can. He's getting up there in age, unless Cam, do you think he's in his 20s still too, or uh, no? Uh, no. I was just actually at the game on Saturday when they played the Canadians and saw Zucker score two goals. I was sitting right behind the goal, so that was a lot of fun. And he just looks very comfortable on Sid's wing. 
Who wouldn't be? Like, I feel like Sid makes everybody better. Like, I wish I could go play hockey with Sid, and I've never played hockey before. So, uh, Sidney Crosby, best player in the world still. Yeah. For, I feel like I've only been, like, a hockey fan for about four years now, so I'm pretty new. But it seems like every time Malkin or Sidney Crosby get hurt, the other one just steps up and takes control. And then they, they even go on a run when the one gets hurt, I feel like, more times than not, which is just insane. And speaks to their coaching and the culture that they have there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they average more points per game without either of them in the lineup, like one of them in the lineup. So it's just wild. They just know when to turn it on and when they have to to keep their team afloat. Yeah, another team with poor injury luck is my Columbus Blue Jackets. They're currently on a six-game losing streak after going on a very long win streak. They're tied for the wild card, one point behind Philly for third in the Metro. Um, who they have tonight after they just lost to them in Philly on Tuesday. Uh, they need this win. This could be a big win, get them back in the playoff race, uh, hopefully get them <clears> back on track. Uh, they're leading the league in man games missed. And just to name some players, uh, this is pretty much a who's who in the city of Columbus for hockey players. Uh, Josh Anderson, Cam Atkinson, Dubinsky, Seth Jones, Corpy. Dean Cook and Ryan Murray, Texier and Wimberg are all injured currently. Um, it's hard to win games when you're that injured, and even like your top-notch players are all injured. Hard to score goals, hard to win games. Yeah, it's been a struggle for the Columbus mightily this year with injuries. The Elvis has came to play. He's making a name for himself, make, pushing towards the Calder. I don't think it's going to catch McCarr or Quinn Hughes, but he's having a great season. And I'm looking at the standings right now, and Columbus actually has dropped a six in the Metro. Uh, they at 72 points. They're tied with Carolina and the Islanders, but they played two more games. So that's that's rough. They're in a battle. They need this one tonight to have any chance right now, it feels like, at that wild card, or possibly even the third spot in the Metro because that division's so good. Yeah, they actually haven't won since February 7th. And you know who they won? That their last one came against? The Red Wings, who are garbage. So uh, that was nice. But I'm going through their last couple, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. And they lost two to one, two to one overtime, four to three in overtime, three to one, four to three in a shootout. So they've been in every game. They just haven't won any of these close games besides the Flyers last night or two nights ago. Um, that was a, a rough game. But they get to play the Flyers again tonight, and they need to take care of business. So that's a, that's a huge game tonight in February that they need to take. Take care of business and get the, get the win at home. Yeah. Uh, I just have no confidence right now with all these injuries uh, and especially how they've been playing. I, as I've said before, I don't really get Blue Jackets games because it's not like they're a big market team who's going to be on national television. And I don't live in Ohio, but reading uh, Columbus area writers, apparently they're losing these overtime games just because their defense in overtime is god-awful. Just absolutely terrible. Apparently, Wierenski's been a complete liability in overtime. Well, the the game I just watched that we were texting about, the Blue Jackets absolutely should have won that game. They outshot, I believe it was, uh, I think it was New Jersey. We were texting. I could be wrong on that. But they outshot him by 30 shots yeah. and just they got forced to a shootout. And that shootout went to like 10 shooters and they just couldn't pull it out. So they're playing well, the games I've watched. It's just they can't get to overtime if Warrenski's playing that bad. They just need to get that extra point. That extra point's huge during the playoff race. Yep, they got to get 
their offense on track. We're going to jump to college basketball now. We got a question from our boy, Big George. He wants to know, is Archie Miller a good coach and will star, who was our guest last week, ever make up his mind on if he's a good coach or not? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I do think Archie is a good coach. I don't think he is in the elite coaches up there with Krzyzewski and Tom Izzo and Bill Self, but I think he's an above-average coach. I think if given time, he can get the program going. Um, I talked today with Ryan a little bit that I think Archie needs to be more personable to the players. I think that's, there's caused a little drama there. He's been much more open about that. He really complimented Trace last night, and I think his relationships with players will go a long way. I think a lot of issues I use had this year is because of chemistry, and Devontae Green's been a problem with that, but he's also been a pretty good player, good scorer for us, and he's helped us win games, also has looked bad in some other games. But uh, I think Archie needs to ensure that the chemistry is right because chemistry matters hugely in college basketball. I think it's a big deal. Um, Got to take care of your, your games at home. And I think his recruiting class he has coming in next year has some weapons on the offensive end. They have Trace that can play defense. Uh, Al, Al can play defense. He'll be a senior. So I'd like to give Archie at least one more year uh, to have his class come in and have all four years of his players. If the chemistry still stinks next year, that's on Archie. So I think he's a good coach. I think uh, I think he'll have IU rolling in a couple of years. I, I don't have anybody in mind. Everybody says Fife would be a good – that's the only t- people that they've been talking about. Um, I don't think I'd want Shaka over Archie at this given moment. So uh, I'd keep Archie at least for a year, let his players play. And a uh, big game coming up on Sunday against Penn State. I bet we'll probably talk about that game and our prediction on that later. So what do you guys think about Archie as a head coach? I think uh, I think he's a good coach. I think sometimes he's just a, a terrible coach. I think he's very inconsistent with the way he coaches. Sometimes I like that Maryland game. There's absolutely that, that's where he showed he was a terrible coach. You have to slow the game down. You can't lose a ten point lead in the final. You team. sound like Ryan though. You said you think he's a good coach. And you, well, he's a terrible coach. Like what, which what way do you think? But overall, he, though, overall, I would rather have a different coach right now. I, I, the win last night was huge Ooh. against Minnesota. I'd rather have Patrick Chambers. Probably I, Coach totally, of the Year, probably. This yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. He, this year, he's built that program. He's been there a long well, time, too. So you give yes, him. Yes. Let's remember. I know. Him I, years. I am explaining this. I'm saying why I think he could be a good coach, but at times he's been a bad coach. I mean, you're, that, that sounds exactly like the Will saying Star. Will you think he's a good coach or a bad coach or this coach? Well, I that just coach. said I wouldn't want him. Like I said, I'd rather have someone else. I th- I'm saying at times he is a good coach. but if, more- if Penn State's fan base was like I used, Chambers would have been gone. So I think it's good that Penn State allowed him to get his guys in. Like he's, he's recruited the talent. He's had Lamar Stevens. He's had Mike Watkins. He's done really well on the transfer portal as well. So I think Archie needs to do But Like Brunk's been solid. He hasn't been great by any means, but he's been an okay addition for physicality. But uh, he needs to hit that a little bit harder, I think, the recruiting portal. So I think that Pat Chambers has done a good job with that. I think Archie's a better coach than Chambers. I heard Penn State hasn't been – when, when's the last time they made the tournament? Was that 2011? It was 2011, but I will say that Chambers guys always plays hard for them. But it's and been nine years he made the tournament. That's the last Penn, time he made the tournament. Penn State's not a basketball school. It doesn't matter. If you're a good coach, I think, like, like Rutgers isn't considered a basketball school. Like, they've, they've Iowa been made is not, since 94. Well, Iowa's not considered a basketball school. They're more known for football. They're making it. Ohio State's making it. Like, I think that's just a, a built-in excuse. Like, school. 
<laughs> I just think it's a built-in excuse. I don't. I think. Like, my opinion, cool too. Then in this one, oh, Nick, you are. Back. I feel like you're acting like star in your answer here about I, Archie. You're I like, agree with you. That's silly. Thank you. Thank I, you. He, he said he's a good. He said he's a good coach and a terrible know, coach. But That's not an answer. I know. But it, I, I, I said listen. a different aspect. You can't go you from game to game. Cut me off. Say it. You can't go from game to game if he's a good coach, bad coach. That's exactly what I said. Like we said earlier, I think he'd be better at the mid-major programs. That's what I said um, earlier. I don't want. I don't think he's good at IU. Um, he has good games. Like I thought he coached a good game last night. But said. then there is also times where I sit there and I'm like, what in the heck? Which is possible to do in the same person. I mean, people, it's uh, overall. The question, the question I, was, is he a good coach or a bad coach overall? It's not each game. Like, everybody has bad coaching games. Coach K did not coach well yesterday. Is he still a good coach? Yes. The situation yes. is not on a game-to-game basis. Pat Chambers lost, what, was that last night or two nights ago with Illinois? Is he a bad coach now, Cam? Like, it's not how it works. Archie's had bad you didn't games. let me finish my answer. You just kind of cut you, me off during You it. said they, he was good some games, terrible other games. What is your answer? We, said, I think he's we an both said we coach. want him gone. But and then we're explaining our reasoning for why. I also think I was sitting there watching like I I feel like Archie doesn't develop his players that much. Like Archie and the coaching staff. Like I obviously you guys watch IU basketball a lot closer, so I want to hear your opinion. But from afar, it seems like the players that have been there for a couple years aren't really getting much better. Who are you you talking about personally? Uh, like, like, what players that have been there multiple years are you talking about? Because Devontae's not his guy. Deron Davis is not his guy. Race was, still was there. injured. You still have to develop them. But those aren't his guys is what, is what I'm saying. Who, who are you but talking he's about still specifically? Coach, you said like, his guys. No. Go through go through Green's, Green's stats each year. He's improved steadily every single year. Yeah, he's wild up and down, but he's improved. I don't know if Deron Davis has improved and all Davis four years. Davis definitely hasn't. No. Is that on? Right. Is that on Archie? Or, like Davis has also gained more weight each year. Is that on Archie or is that on Davis? A little bit of both. Right. I feel like you have to hold him accountable, but he has to be willing yeah. to put in the work. I would say it's both. We don't know if he is or not. That's behind the scenes situation. Yeah. On I don't know. I was just saying it'd be on both of them. I mean, I don't, I don't care if they're his guys ball. or not. It's I he's do. the coach of these players. He needs to develop them. And how just come from other like coaches how are like, oh, I don't have my guys in here. Like we're gonna have to give them some time, but Archie can't get that. See, I'm more. Concerned. Uh, if you want to finish that thought, go ahead. I have another thing on Archie. Hey, go ahead. No, I do. Like I've said I'm before, more, uh, that okay, Archie, yeah. like, wait until I give Archie another year. I don't think he's going to do anything at IU. I don't think he's a good enough coach to win a Big Ten, uh, let alone anything more than that. Um, like I asked but, Cam, though, who, who do you think would be a better fit at well, this moment? Who do you think would be a better fit? Like that's my big thing. Like, like, like the Browns—they keep replacing coaches with guys they think yeah. would be better, but they they stink every year. But like, it's, like you got to give time to. Like I've said, like I don't think he's that coach, but I want to see him in a fourth year, as I've said before, when he actually has all of his players. Like his. But you just players. said you you agree with Cam though. Cam said he should be done. Like he you Cam has said on this podcast that he thinks he should be done. He should be gone. And he said you agree I don't with want Cam. Him. I don't want him as the IU coach. Because I don't think he's good enough to be IU's coach, but I, I, I just asked you, who do you think would be better? I, I personally, I, since it just came out with Beeline, I think Beeline would be is a better coach. I, I think too. he'd be better there. 
And I'm not, I think Beeline's a better basketball coach, too. I'm not arguing that. Like I told you guys on text message, I think, I don't know if you're in a cam, Beeline is too old. I want someone who's going to be at IU for 10, 15 years. I don't think Beeline's going to be that guy. Beeline's a better coach for sure. I'm not arguing that at all. Well, yeah, yeah he, Ochi's younger and he's going to be there longer. But if he's not the guy and you just keep giving him more years because you want him to be the guy, then that's just not the answer just because he's John Beeline's older. You know what I mean? I think as a Sealer fan, like we've been spoiled, but I think you got to give guys time. Like if you keep turning it over, guys, especially in college basketball, you're recruiting the players that you want to fit your system. If he, next year he doesn't show improvements, they have to make the tournament. Yes, next year. If they don't make the tournament, then I agree. He's not. It's the just guy. a waste of four years if they don't make the tournament. IU should not be out of the tournament. It's just been frustrating to watch. I think um, three out of four years, every Big Ten team should make it. I don't think every team – like, the Big Ten is so talented that you're going to have years where, hey, it's a fluke year, you lose a couple close games. Like, But IU should be consistently, like Michigan State, making the tournament, like Michigan has been. Like, they should be consistently making it. And then if they miss it a year or so, like, fans can't get mad because it's the Big Ten. It's hard. But it should be a team every year that is competing for the tournament. If they're on the bubble one year and they don't make it, that's okay. They made it the other years. I don't think Archie is elite. But I think right now you got to give him a little bit of time. I don't like the changing all the time. And I think I think Kelvin Sampson's a better coach, but all that situation stunk. I think he's a better coach too, and IU would be better if they had him. So jumping back to what I was going to say about Archie, one thing that bothers me, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, I think I would get rid of him. But the thing that bothers me the most is his lineup sometimes. I feel like he just has crazy lineups that don't work, and they have – Sometimes you watch them, they have a great defensive lineup, and the one guy that can produce on offense is Devontae Green. And that's putting him in a bad spot. I mean, he loves to chuck the ball up, but fans are going to get mad that he's chucking the ball up, but he's the only offensive player out there. So it's just, I'm more concerned about his lineups than anything, honestly. I think he does a good job recruiting. His lineups or his rotations in the game? His rotations. Not, okay, not okay. starting. I don't care about starting. Penn State starts John Harar, and he's terrible. I but, think it's tough, though, what you're saying, though, because I use team. There's not a lot of talented offensive pieces, and I think we're getting that next year with a couple guys coming in. I think this year, like, I don't th- – Trace is awesome. We need to – our offense mm-hmm. needs to run through Trace like it did last night. That was a fantastic game plan. We had a lot of good inside-out motions and good drag screens. Like, it looked good, but that hasn't happened enough. The ball needs to go through Trace's hands every possession and then get the ball back out to Devontae Green when I'm working. I don't think Rob's a dominant offensive player. I think he's too timid. I think Al should be better offensively than he is. I do agree with that. But Brunt's not known for his offense. Davis is not really known for his offense and he also, I, I don't know how much he cares about basketball anyway. Grace is not an offensive player really. Uh, Hunter is supposed to be a good shooter and then Anderson obviously plays no offense. So I think next year they're going to have more offensive weapons. And go ahead Cole, what were you going to say? You mentioned starting lineups. Uh, Brunk played like the first two and a half ish minutes of each half and didn't really get in since then. Do you think he's sw- about ready to switch up the lineup with him? I think Brunk, like we talked about early, early, early in the season, Brunk is okay against mid major programs. I think, like we talked, like I said at the beginning of the year, Big Ten play is a whole different story. Yeah. I don't think he's athletic enough to be out there. He's a physical guy, he's a bruiser, but I think he belongs coming off the bench. But I don't really know if we have that guy to start over him. I'd like to play small and have Trace play the five. I'm okay with that. I'd prefer that lineup, besides against teams who would really kill us on the glass. But Brunk offensive game is non existent. He hustles, he, he plays throw hard. Out of the post. 
Right, which is so frustrating. Trace does a good job with that. So Brock is a frustrating player to watch. I think with him, though, you always know you're going to get effort, which I like in a player. If you're not as talented, you've got to bring it in effort-wise. I think that's what hurts Davis, is that he's not as talented as other bigs, and but he doesn't always bring the effort. Brunk. I just lost my train of thought. We were talking about switching up the starting lineup. Uh, and oh, I, what I was going to say about Bronk, I think he can be really good against certain teams. Like, uh, it just kind of depends. Like, in the tournament, if they play a smaller team, less physical team, if they make the tournament, I mean, that's still a question mark. But that win last night was huge. I think he could be dominant down low. We saw that earlier in the year. He was getting close to 20 points when he was be able to bully some people. But, yeah, I just think they have enough offensive weapons that you can't let just have Green out there thinking he's just going to score. Like, they, I've seen a lineup with Green... Anderson when they were playing Anderson, which is obviously a terrible mistake to begin with. I've been uh, on that train for the last two years, and Ryan thought he was good. So I always like when Ryan's guys are really bad, as always, TJ Leaf and the, the Anderson. So it's always fun to see Star being wrong, which happens a lot. So. so they had those two out. They had Race Thompson out there. Just guys that can't score but Devontae Green. So I'd, I'd rather see more of a mixture of offense and defense. I think he's getting that, too. I think he showed that last night against Minnesota. And Minnesota's not great, but a road win is always nice in the Big Ten. No, um, that was a huge win. That was yeah, a really good win for him. It's a good building step. From now on, if the ball is not worked to Trace every, like, 80% of possessions, it's bad, co it's bad coaching. Trace is good at passing it out. He's good scorer. Like, the ball needs – and I know he's a freshman, but he's really dang talented. The offense needs to run through him, a little inside-out game, allowing guys like Durham and Rob and Green, who are all really pretty good shooters. I used to have those guys, too. Thomas Bryant was dominant in college, and Cody Zeller, when they got him the ball down low, it, something's going to happen. He's either going to get fouled, he's going to pass the ball out for an open three. If they're not hitting threes, then fine. Live, by, live and die by that. But they're moving the ball, and they're getting their best player involved, and that's what you have to do. And that's what they did last night, and that's why they won the game. So if he Yeah, that was a big win against Oturu. If he doesn't keep that up, then that's on Archie. I'll give you guys that. But I think he's got he's realized now that Trace is our best player. It needs to go. The offense needs to go through him, and he can make stuff work. He's a good passer for for a four or five. So I like Trace. Yeah. So let's jump we, into last our game night. Predict. Yeah. Last yeah, night, yeah, I uh, IU IU fed the post. Minnesota didn't. That led to an IU win. IU is currently tenth in the Big Ten, going up against on Sunday Penn State, who is currently second in the Big Ten just ahead of that big cluster. They just lost to Illinois at home on Tuesday night. Uh, tough loss. You got to win your home games, uh, which takes us right into IU. They got a home game against the number two team in the Big Ten. They're top ten team currently. Uh, they got to win this before they go on the road to Purdue and Illinois, who are two other good teams. Yeah, that was a tough loss for Penn State at home, but I'm not going to read too much into it. They've won a lot of road games, so I think that cancels out that loss, and I, I don't know how to say his name. Ao, I think yeah. it's Ao. Ao. Uh, him playing was huge. He played a big role. He was questionable. I'd love to get that home win, but Penn State basketball hasn't been great like this ever since I've watched, so I'm not too upset about that. I think they're going to go into Assembly Hall. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, right now, I'm leaning towards IU taking this one just because of home game. I think 
but they've been struggling stringing some wins together. I think they need to get this one, and it'll be a huge resume boost since Penn State's a top 10 team. I think it's going to be go, go down to the wire. IU Penn State games are kind of fluky sometimes. It might be a game winning shot, it might go either way, but I have IU winning. 72-70. I think it's going to be high scoring. They like to push the ball up, and IU comes out hot at Assembly Hall. Yeah, I think that's, that's a, a good rundown of the game, no doubt. I think it'll be a good game. I think the offense is going to figure it out. If they play like they did against Minnesota, IU will beat Penn State. I think, like Cam said, I think it's going to be a great game. I think uh, it's going to. someone's got to shut down Lamar Stevens. That's going to be key. I don't know if IU has that defender to shut him down, but uh, we're going to have to slow him down at least. But I think the home crowd, IU knows that they got to get the 20 wins. So that's three three more wins this season. And they have three more home games, two more road games. So they got Penn State, and then they got a road game at Purdue, and they got a road game Illinois. Um, in Illinois. And they finish at home against Minnesota and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So you need to win three of the five to make the tournament, in my opinion, so you hit that 20-win 20, 20 marker, get a couple more quad one wins. So I think IU will take care of business against Penn State. I think they'll beat Minnesota at home again. And then you got to pick up either Wisconsin at home, which Wisconsin does not play well on the road. So it's a very winnable game. Or Purdue or Illinois on the road. And I don't know how I feel with either one of those, especially with Don Smith being healthy for Illinois. And Purdue looking pretty rough lately. They're not They're not a very solid team. So I don't know why they're so high in Ken Palm. I said they were good because Ken Palm had them good, but I'm not impressed by Purdue. And I actually think they won't make the tournament. So... Yeah, I was going to jump in and say I don't think IU's going to win either road game. I, I don't think they're going to go to Mackey and win. And Illinois plays a smothering style of defense, and I think that's going to make it tough on those guards. So I don't think they're going to win on the road. So if they do get these three home wins against Penn State, that's huge. That's a top-10 win. Uh, Minnesota, they've shown how to beat Minnesota last night, get the ball to Trace down low, let him go to work against whoever was guarding him, have a two have to guard him. Because Oturu is dominant. He's a great player, but they don't have a lot of options outside of him. And then, yeah, Wisconsin isn't the Wisconsin of old. So I think IU can take care of business there. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, though, on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a tough five games, but they got to win three of the five. I think they need three of five to get in the tournament and uh, take care of business at home. As Cole said multiple times today, you need to win those home games. Yep. I think Smith. the key to the game is Smith's got it to – if you're rooting for IU, the key is Smith's got to be able to defend Stevens like he did Wieskamp uh, or, uh, last week, uh, just completely shut him out of the game. Uh, you would assume Trace would guard Watkins, and then the other big is going to guard the big white guy, Harar, or whatever his name is. Um, Harar and uh, Watkins usually don't play at they don't the same play time. Together. Okay, so no, they don't play the same like, time. I mean, you can't put – you can't. so I, maybe IU plays small then because you're not going to have – Trace, if he Trace guards Stevens, Stevens will stretch him out and go and try and go by him or just shoot. Um, and then you can't have a big on. Well, you could uh, Watkins, but Watkins can still pull whoever like Brunk or Race. I would rather have Race in if I'm an IU fan. Um, Penn State's keys to win. Um, just for this matchup, like matchup wise, I'd rather have Race because he's uh, can move more. Penn State's keys to win is Stevens has to get on track. He didn't play very well against Illinois. Uh, I think he shot two for ten or something like that. Three for ten. Something uh, like that. He's got to get back on track. Watkins is going to have to be able to handle Trace in the post because you know after a twenty-seven point perform after twenty-seven and fifteen or whatever he had last night, 
uh, IU should be focused on getting the ball, so Watkins could have to play good D. Yeah, I think I, I a little bit different here. I think Watkins is not a big offensive threat, but he is a fantastic rebounder. So I think Brunk's going to be used more this game because of the glass reason. They're not. I don't think I use afraid of Watkins going off for twenty points, and I think Brunk fits better defensively than somebody like Race. I think Brunk's a better rebounder. So that's going to be a situation there. I don't think Race like Watkins is so physical, and I think Race would get pushed around a little bit. And then with Stevens, I think it's going to be a combination of Smith, who's athletic as all can be, but he's not disciplined defensively. And I think Durham will have to do a little bit because they match up size-wise. But Lamar can eat him in the he post. So him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He'd eat him in the post. So that's going to be a tough matchup. They may, like, I don't know how Archie's going to go about it, may let Lamar beat you and take out the other options and make Lamar score 30 points in the game. And I think that's actually best bet is to take away the shooters and make Lamar beat you because they don't really have a defender to stop Lamar Stevens in this game. The, let me get uh, the Luca Garza treatment. Garza had 40. Yes. No one else shot. Yes. All right, Cam. Yeah, I was going to say that if they play small ball, Penn State has the shooters to win that if they're doubling down on Lamar or – Watkins, who's been playing better offensively this year than years prior because he's been there for 15 but years. But you still wouldn't say he's a big threat offensively, would you? No, no. I think That's most of his I'm points saying. are on pick and rebounds. rolls, are coming around the yeah. basket. Um, Offense rebounds. For sure. For Penn sure. State can shoot the ball really well, so they really have to shut that down. They have a lot of shooters. They have Curtis Jones, Seth Lundy has been good. Jamari Wheeler, who isn't a shooter, has been hitting threes. So if he's hitting threes, they're a tough team. And that's so, the difference between IU and Penn State this year. Like, IU doesn't have that guy that's been hitting shooting. threes that doesn't usually shit threes. IU's three-point shooting has been horrific. Rob needs to be better. Al needs to be better. Um, our bigs can't shoot from outside. Justin Smith is not a good shooter from deep. Trace not a good shooter. But, like, none of our bench guys are hitting deep shots. Jerome Hunter hasn't been great. Race can't shoot from the outside. So we don't have the shooter. So if it becomes a shootout, Penn State's going to win. I didn't even mention Penn State's two best shooters. That's how good they've been shooting. Myron Jones and Miles Dredd. So they just have a ton of shooters, and they are one of the streakiest teams I've ever seen. If they're hitting, then you can't beat them. If they're not, then they're going to go through Lamar, and if he's not hitting, they might get lose by 20 points. So it's going to be a fun game. I have IU winning, though. I got really excited for this game. I think it's going to be an awesome game. It'll be a close battle. And I'm interested to see Archie's defensive style. I do the same thing. Like, you make make Lamar beat you. Don't let everybody else beat you. Let him go for 40. If they win with him scoring 40, good for them. Archie needs this win, I feel like. Dude, have they, when's the last time they won back-to-back games? It feels like forever to me for some reason. That fan base will riot if they lose. So they, they, need this they won on a little mini, uh, like, three-game win streak, I believe, when they beat Ohio State at home. Because they had a home game before that too, I know they played, they, they won at Nebraska. I know that. Yeah. I don't know if that so was. It involved. might have been. They at beat, the- lost to Maryland, then then they beat Northwestern, then beat Ohio State, but then yes. lost right that the Rutgers lost that game. Yeah. And then they won. They won two. They beat. Uh, they beat Nebraska. Beat Michigan State. Then lost to Maryland. Should have beat Maryland. So they haven't really had. They haven't gone on a three game win streak since they were playing all out of conference games. Yep. Moving on. I mean, on. Big Ten's clearly tough, but. You have to find a way to get this one if you're OG and IU. Yep, moving on. Uh, the Buckeyes, we just mentioned them. They're ninth in the Big Ten. They play Iowa tonight. Uh, two and a half point underdogs. I know Cam's on Iowa. Um, if they lose, they're tied with IU for ninth. IU, I guess, moves up to tied ninth. Um, if they win, Ohio State is tied with Michigan, eighth. Um, they got a. 
I want to say you have to win this, but this would be a big win with Iowa's injury problems. Uh, Garza versus Weston will be something to watch. And then they play Maryland on Sunday at home, which, like I've said before, you got to win your home games. Is Ohio State ranked now? I thought I yeah, saw that. Yeah, they're 25th. That. They've won they, – they're on a little mini win streak. They've won five in a row, I believe. Yeah, because they beat Michigan on the road. I know that. Yeah. And then I think they played Nebraska recently. Yep, they're, they on, a good, them on, the road. they're on a good little win streak here. Um, they're shooting better. They're defending. They're the best uh, on uh, – what is it? Defensive efficiency, I believe. They're the best team in the Big Ten. At defensive efficiency, so they'll guard you. They'll get up in your grill. It's just a matter if they're hitting shots or not, and if Wesson is god awful or if he's manageable. Um, but the big game of the week is number one versus number three in AP. Number one versus number two in Ken Palm. Kansas Jayhawks going to the Baylor Bears. Uh, Baylor won the meeting in January, sixty-seven to fifty-five in the fog. Uh, Allen Fieldhouse, uh, Kansas, and Baylor, both extremely efficient teams. Kansas is uh, plus 31 in a adjusted efficiency margin. Baylor plus 27. Baylor, just with their win against Oklahoma, now has the longest winning streak in Big 12 history. Um, but they got some injury problems. Macy Oteague has been out the last two games. Uh, they've obviously won both. Um I think this this could end up being the game of the year. The first one was great, but I think these right now are probably my the two in my opinion the two best teams in basketball with Gonzaga at a close three. I think this could end up being the game of the year. So I'll jump in. I really think I'm big on home teams, but Baylor went in and beat Kansas on the road. So now there's a little revenge factor, and uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I actually think the revenge factor will play a big big role in this, and I think Kansas is going to win this road game. But I think it's going to be really darn close, like a 66-65 game that can really go either way. Um, I think both teams are pretty talented. I don't think Baylor's 24-1 and good, but uh, they have been pretty, pretty great this year. If I had put money on it, they, w- they won't make the Final Four. That's just my guess on Baylor this year. Um, so give me Kansas on the road. I don't really like road teams. That's why they weren't in my parlay. And I think it's a tough game as well. But uh, if I had to bet on it, I'm taking Kansas. Yeah, uh, I really like Kansas in this game too. I think Baylor's due for a loss, but they have been great this whole season. So I wouldn't be shocked if they won either at home. But the two-man game of Devin Dodson and Azebuke, they're just incredible for Kansas. I think they're going to come up huge in this game. That revenge factor is going to be big. We watched Azebuke against TCU have 10 straight dunks. So I, he's just huge. He's just a force down low. I don't know if it's going to transition to the NBA. He's kind of an older like center back in the day kind of guy. But he is amazing right now. And if you want to play hack Azebuke, then that might be a good play. But I don't know how deep Baylor runs. Azubuke yeah. is about to set the record for the highest uh, field goal percentage in a career. Um, he's been there for four years because he just dunks at every play. He's just big. He has good footwork, too. So it, it should be a lot of fun, but I have Kansas winning this game as well. Yeah. Azubuke versus Gillespie in the post is going to be incredible to watch. Uh, two All-American contenders um, between both of them. Uh, Macy Oteague, if he comes back, I like Baylor to win. Um, I have futures right now on both teams, Kansas and Baylor, to win it all. Uh, 
Kansas's offense is just insane. They score like nine. They're scoring like ninety points a game in the last three games, which is just wild. I know it's not ninety, but it's up there. Um, Their defense efficiency is really well, really good too. Like points per game, I think I saw. Yeah. I think it's under sixty. They have a top like 10, They have a, I believe, a top five defensive efficiency uh, in the whole country. I think if Baylor's going to win this, they're going to feed Gillespie early, get Azubuki in foul trouble because that's the only way you're going to beat Kansas. Because if you, he's too big in the post, uh, if he gets going on offense, you got to get him in foul trouble, and he likes to foul. Um, so I do think Baylor ends up winning this game. I think the home game, the home court, uh, is going to be the big factor. The Baylor gym's been rocking all year. They haven't lost a game since Michigan beat them and, or, uh, since the first game of the year, Washington beat them. Who's now last in the big 12 or pack 12, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, but who do you uh, have winning? Me and Zach pick Kansas. Who do you have? I think, I think Baylor is going to win. Um, just like I said, because they're at home, I believe Macy Oteague's going to come back. Um, and, uh, I think they're going to come back and, uh, win, uh, sweep the season series. And then I see them probably playing each other in the big 12 championship where I can see Kansas getting that. Um, but these are two number one seeds in the NCAA tournament, like pretty yeah, much already locked in. All right. Jumping. To our questions, we just have three today. Um, first question: In your lifetime that you can think of, who is the most consistently overrated team? It doesn't matter the sport. Uh, recency bias. It feels like the Browns, maybe because I live here. But I'm gonna go with Notre Dame football of my lifetime. I feel like they're always getting hyped up, and as we talked about earlier on this podcast, they are getting smacked every time they're in a big bowl game. So I'm going with Notre Dame, but the past two years I got to go with the Cleveland Browns. In our lifetime, though, so I don't think the Browns are up there because they've been really, 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 really bad. But uh, I'm not going to go a team in particular. I'm going to go a coach that I think is overrated, and I think that coach is Phil Jackson. People aren't going to like that. They're probably going to disagree, but I think Phil's overrated. When you get Michael Jordan and you get Scottie Pippen on your team, that uh, goes a long way to it. And then you get Shaq and Kobe. LeBron or not LeBron uh, Kobe and Michael are considered two of the top five players ever Shaq can also be in the debate for top five players ever so I think Phil's good because he has six rings but I think he is overrated the question's overrated I think Phil's great but I think he's overrated I would like him to see do a different team and how how you do not having two of the generation's best players ever and actually three of the generation's best players ever those all and Scotty the four of those are the top 50 players of all time in NBA history so I think he's had a little bit of luck with that too. So I'm going Phil Jackson. That's overrated. I like that. I like your little twist on it. Uh, Thanks, man. Notre Dame's really good. That's uh, a good choice. I too. obviously didn't. Not old enough to really have watched Phil Jackson coach when he was in his glory. So I don't really know for sure on that. Um, Are you calling me old? Yes. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, Notre Dame's good. I'm going to go with Tennessee football because I feel like every time Tennessee wins the last game of the season or maybe a bowl game the next year, they're ranked in the top 10 and everyone's like, Tennessee's back. They've won, they won in 1998, which I was, or 99, which I was two or three years old. Uh, and they have not been good since at all. But every year, like this year, they 
they finish on the end of the year, everyone's like, Tennessee's back. I've even seen people say they're going to win the SEC East, which is just not even close to true. Um, to me, it might be the fans and how annoying Tennessee fans are oh, on message boards and social media, but it is insane how overrated Tennessee football is at times. No, I like that answer. That's a good one. Next is going to be um, if you could not be a fan of Penn State or IU anymore, what team would you be a fan of? That's a really, really good question. And I like you put us on the spot here with it. I think I would probably go Pitt because my grandpa went to Pitt. Um, we're in that city. We used to be in the city a lot more, but we've gone to that city plenty of times. And uh, they've had, oh man, they've had a little bit of success in our lifetime. Their basketball team with LeVance Fields, DeJuan Blair, Sam Young, and their football team has been okay. They've had some really talented players, but the teams haven't really been there to come by. You had Fitzgerald, Darrell Rivas, Aaron Donald. So you got a lot of talented players, but as a whole, they haven't really had talented teams. But if I had to choose, I'd probably go Pitt. Yeah, I'm in that same boat probably as well. Sam Young had the best slash worst pump fake of all time. It was ugly, but every single person fell for it. It was incredible to watch. And I know we were younger. We did root for Pitt a little bit when uh, I think it was Scotty Reynolds hit the game winner for I think it was Nova uh, against LeVance Fields. That correct me if I'm wrong That's in right. that tournament. And then uh. Yeah, I'd probably go pit too. It's tough to think of one right off this right on the spot like that. Um What about the cardiac cardiac Kemba? Yeah. That was against Pitt as well. That was, that was against a good pit. pit team too. Yes, it was. Kim, how'd that go again? What did he, what's the announcer say? He yelled party at Kemba. It was wild. <laughs> it's wild that no one corrected me for ten years or so. <laughs> ten years. I, I said it often too. It's pretty oh, yeah. wild that yeah, I, I didn't get corrected until I was like a junior in college. And who's corrected you? That's the wild thing. Well, you don't have to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Never give ahead, credit. Cole. When I wrote down this question, my first thought was South Carolina because I actually thought of South Carolina uh, too. Oddly okay, enough. so at North, did you do like the college program and or the college research thing in sixth grade, where you had to re- during March you had to research a college and everything. No. Oh gosh, Cole! I don't remember. My okay, sixth so grade research in broadcast. sixth grade, uh, they the whole team joined up and they took the college basketball bracket, and you had a draw out of it. My team was South Carolina, so I learned a lot about them. They actually had a really good player who I'm spacing on the name that year. So, so not not that, that good. good. That good. Oh, he's done remember. nothing. He's done nothing in the pros, but he was pretty good that year. Um, so I was thinking about that. I do love the South, but I think I'm going to go with. Uh, Texas Tech because I love Chris Beard for basketball. They're good. I like Derek Culver last year, and their offense is absolutely insane in football. Like I could sit through that. They suck. They're not going to win a lot of games, but that offense is pretty fun to watch. I think I'd probably go Texas Tech again. I like the South. Last right, so I got I got four guys that who, who was it? Chris Silva was it? PJ Dozier was it? Ronaldo Balkman. I mean, there's Ooh, a zero percent chance I remember this. Sindarius Thornwell, and if none of the names pop out to you, it must have not been that great then. He, he had a good year that year. He did. I don't even. He got drafted. I don't think he did anything in the pros. Um, last question, not sports related. Who's your favorite superhero? Well, I think this is this is tricky because we already are really good friends with Thor. 
So that, that's really hard. We oh, already no. have Thor in our friend group. So oh, wow. uh, shout out Cheeks. Looks exactly like Thor. If I walked on the street and saw Cheeks, that like I would be shocked. Like, no, that's not Cheeks. That's Thor. He's a five so, foot uh, ten Thor. Yeah, he looks exactly <laughs> like. like I don't, there's no difference between the two. Um, well, speaking of him, we should get him on a podcast sometime. I think he'd be a good guest, and I'm sure he'd love to talk about uh, all the people that tell me he looks like Thor every every day. I don't think he hears it enough. Um, I'll go Batman. I just think he's just a regular dude. He's pretty cool. Um, also, Christian Bale Batman was one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite superhero character ever, so that probably relates to it. So give me Batman. Yeah, I really like Batman as well. I'm going to go Iron Man. I remember growing up watching the first Iron Man. It was a great movie, and I just really always like Robert Downey Jr. in those movies, in the Avengers movies. So I'll go him, or as Zach said, my buddy Cheeks as Thor. I'm going to go Aquaman. I've always loved Aquaman. Oh. There's not you've much. always loved Aquaman, like always, like your whole life you've I loved Aquaman. I thought he was going to go Captain yeah. America for sure. Like I have, I'm looking at Aquaman comics right now in my room. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the whole the water thing is awesome. Uh, That's pretty awesome. But that movie was horrific. It's time for another day. But that movie stunk. Jason Momoa is the perfect Aquaman, though. Like he's literally just the perfect. If Aquaman. he learned how to act, he'd be really good. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Frontier? It's pretty sweet. All right, that's all we got for today. Follow us on social media at the former Ball Boys, Instagram and Twitter. DM us some questions, leave us some voicemails. Um, we'll answer them on the pod, like we did for our man Big George today. Um, anybody got any closing remarks? I do. Uh, Happy birthday to my mother! Happy birthday, Amy! Um, February twentieth, it's her birthday. Shout out, Amy! Yes, happy birthday, Mom. And if anyone is interested on giving some opinions and wanting to hop on and talk with us some sports or whatever comes up, then let us know. We'd love to have any guests on. Yeah, yeah. anybody that listens to us and likes to be on the podcast, shout out Dusty, James, Cheeks. We'd love to have you guys. Big George, Mac Money Max, anybody that listens. Uh, we've had Star, and we sadly had Brooke. Um, she wants to make another appearance, so I think it needs to wait a little while because her pick, their parlay pick, went one and five. So we're gonna keep her oh, only, oh, <laughs> no. only one to ever miss that. a parlay. So she's the only one at this point. Quick note just popped up: Kyrie's having season-ending surgery. Uh, Boo! I like that. Cole, Cole, the advent NBA fan of the three of us, is literally he's huge on the NBA. It just so popped I'm, up on my laptop, so. Huge news, Cole. Big player, so it's news. Other than that, I got nothing. Everybody, have a good night.